Welcome to None of This is Real. It's a podcast about all things mysterious and weird. I'm Doomsday Domini. And I'm Sarah Sinkhole. Master of Wolves. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and apparently <clears throat> a druid also. And you're a druid today. You're a druid with antenna in your onesie. Your backlit onesie here. I'm in a backlit alien onesie. Is this turning anyone on? Is this doing it for you? <laughs> <laughs> I like that you you could be Sarah Sinkhole, Master of Wolves, but I need I want like a addendum or whatever on the end of my name too. So we'll right, have to well, work on it. Let's not force it. It'll come organically. Let's not overthink it. No, we never do that. That's not what this entire <laughs> podcast is basically about. <laughs> Us overthinking weird shit and also over talking it and talking over each other. Overthinking and over talking, but not overthinking, mm-hmm. but. Over-researching. Sometimes. Oh, I definitely do that. Yeah. <laughs> obviously. If anyone's ever listened, I obviously over-research. You're welcome. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, oh. Sinkhole, Master of Wolves. Hey, 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 what's up? Uh, does anything weird happen to you lately? Or, like, maybe mysterious? Besides, you know, being a human that's alive in, in our society, that's pretty weird. Um, let's see. Well... Like I said on last episode, there's just been a lot of sickness going around in this house. So there's been a lot of just laying around, snuggling, a lot of not doing much. So I've been listening to a lot more podcasts, which is great. I'm not complaining. It's I love that part of being sick. Um, and so, and, and Lorenzo wasn't going to work and we weren't doing school because I'm trying to follow the public school calendar so we're all hanging out and doing our separate things so the radio's on or the tv's on and i'm walking room to room or i'm sitting around and so many times someone would say the exact same word either lauren or levon talking or the radio as the podcast i was listening to almost at exactly the same time it happened like five times whoa dude it was so crazy man that is that's cool i love when that happens actually Yes, and I can't remember what all of the words were, but it was something like experience, cats was one of them. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I already do that. If, you, if someone's trying to give me a message, I'm definitely experiencing cats on the regular. So. <laughs> experience cats. Yeah, those, I think those were the first two words. So. It sounds like an advertisement for cats. Experience cats. I don't actually, we could, I don't want to experience Cats. Well, I didn't, the movie, I mean, the new one, because I'm a huge fan of the original, um, watched it way too many times with my sisters, and so I was like, no, I'm not going to see that monstrosity, but now that it's been confirmed that it's like the worst thing ever, I kind of have like a morbid curiosity (laughs) about it. (laughs) Yeah, we could heckle it, I'll watch it with you, and we'll make Yeah, I was going to say, you want to go on a date and go see... Will you go see cats with me? Yeah, of course. Can we bring all of your cats? That's probably a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) Who brought all these cats in the theater? It wasn't me. All right, so cats, what happened to you? What's the weird thing you want to say? Does it involve cats? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But I've just been feeling really weird lately, like in, in general. Like I've been feeling a lot of existential dread, um, oh no! Very, like lots of m- emotions that just pop up, seemingly out of nowhere, while I'm going about my day, um, and a lot of car problems over here. We've become these people <laughs> with we've become the rednecks with a bunch of cars in the yard. It's I, they're not in the yard. Well, I'll just give us that. Just accept your much. fate. They are still in the driveway, but 
Well, that's nice. So Jay's car broke down on Christmas Day. The van finally died. The van that brought us here from California finally had its last trip. (laughs) And he had to get it towed from Swannanoa to our house. And then... Swannanoa! His friend let him borrow a truck. And then that truck's battery died. And oh no! The van that he has that he got to replace the old van, which he knew was gonna die, that one needed brakes, and those actually just got fixed. It needed a brake line, so that was defunct for a little while, and now it's good. And then yesterday, as I was leaving for a market, my power steering just went out. <laughs> oh no! That sucks. Working. That's happened to me before. That is so hard to deal with. Oh, and then. Um, and then our we have a little vacuum, a little hand vacuum, and we have a little <laughs> robot. We call it the robot. It's one of those little floor vacuums that Jay got on the internet. Oh my like, goodness! Like, automatically, you have a Roomba? like a Roomba, but it's a knockoff Roomba. And they both died. I, I'm like, what is with all of our electronic things crapping out at the same exact time? I don't know. Maybe there's a portal ah. that you've opened with your dreams. And um, it's affecting all your electronics and your emotions. <laughs> God, you look so creepy right now. I can't. I'm about to get so scared talking about this topic and looking at your druid alien ass. <laughs> it's too dark in my in my umbrella fort. I'm so scared right now. Um, but yeah, don't that's be scared what, of me. It's just me. Uh, no, it, it adds to the it adds to the mood. Ooh, it's really getting me in the mood. <laughs> Well, I said before we started recording that this topic could be creepy to some people and sexy to others, apparently. That's true. Y'all, can you guess what we're going to talk about today? Probably, because I bet it's in the title of the episode you just clicked on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are going to talk about vampires. Ooh, I want to suck your blood. (laughs) Please don't. I get very lightheaded when you do that. (laughs) <laughs> oh no we've already we've already gone downhill <laughs> you're welcome uh yeah so today we're going to talk about i'm going to talk a little about like the origins and the myths around vampires and all the spooky dookie stuff and then sarah's gonna convince me that i don't need to be scared basically right yeah i think that's really you know we've said before we've waxed poetic about how our podcast is just about people who believe differently um, and have different views of the world coming together and still having fun. Isn't that a heartwarming message? But that's not what it is. You know what this podcast is. It's, or at least what it's become, is you saying, here's a thing that scares me and me going, whoa, 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 hold on. Let Everything's me, let me make okay. it better. Everything's all right. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm still scared, mm-hmm. but I'm working on it. This helps. Okay. Well, good. Um, I'm glad I'm helping someone. <laughs> So I'm going to I'm going to start and I want to tell you before I start that I got this um, little glass pipe from I was at a benefit thing at a hemp farm and they gave me some of their um, they gave me some of their CBD flower with a little free pipe and it's a left handed pipe that I'm smoking out of. Oh, okay. And so it's really funny because the little hole, the carb is on the wrong side and then then. It's perfect. If you if any left-handed um, flower smokers would like a pipe, 
you know. That sounds like an old school insult. You left-handed flower smoker. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you're a left-handed flower smoker and you want this pipe that I've only used once, email us and tell us a spooky story or a weird story and we'll I'll send this to you. You have my word. Yeah, but or, you have to send us or, a story. Uh, give us a good review or give us a good review i will accept that, that too. that could work too anyway we came here to talk about vampires <laughs> Not sure what yeah, we came here to do something okay i am gonna tell you my sources first i wrote at the top of my page i wrote vampires with an exclamation point origins and myths. Oh, woo. <laughs> so before i tell you about vampires i will tell you my sources are um a live science article called vampires not exclamation point but a colon fact fiction and folklore by benjamin radford a thought catalog article called nine terrifying facts about vampires from ancient folklore that will scare the shit out of you by james b oh oh my god uh okay those are the that's it here's a little history for you the word vampire did not appear in the english language until 1734 when it was used in an anglo-saxon poem titled The Vampire with a Y of the Fens. So mid-1700s, that's when we're using the term vampire. And one of the earliest accounts of vampires, this is so creepy to me that I hardly want to say it, is found in an (laughs) ancient Sumerian and Babylonian myth dating back to 4,000 BC. So even though they didn't have the word vampire, they they had some vampires. They had Um, the concept. It describes the... Oh, here we go. Ekimu, Ekimu, or the Edimu, which means one who is snatched away. I don't like that at all. Um, It is a type of spirit or demon who was not buried properly and has returned as a vengeful spirit to suck the life out of the living. Oh, that sounds fun. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And when so, the day that I did this research, it was like a really spooky day outside. It was rainy and you can imagine. No, you told how. me you told me that you were scared <laughs> while you were researching. So in vampire folklore, a vampire initially emerges um, as a soft, blurry shape with no bones. A vampire was <laughs> quote, bags of blood with red glowing Ugh. eyes in, and instead of a nose had a sharp snout that they would suck blood with. And... Oh, like a big black... Like a big bag of blood mosquito. Bag of blood with a sharp snout could survive for 40 days. They would then develop bones and a body and become much more dangerous and difficult to kill. (laughs) Oh my God. That is fucking bizarre. Isn't that nasty? Like, what the hell? For a second, that's really nasty. I thought you were describing how I felt when I woke up in the morning. That's what I thought. (laughs) That's where I thought you were going. A soft, blurry shape with no bones. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I feel like when I wake up, and then throughout the day, I I grow my bones. And you have a sharp snout that you um, suck up coffee with, and if you can survive for 40 minutes, then you'll develop bones in a body. That's it. That's it. I do have a quite a pointy nose, so I feel like this is really, um, really my thing here. Forget just... werewolves. I'm a bag of blood with a sh- with a pointy pointy nose. Okay, okay. You can just you can change your mind anytime you want. It's fine. I can. But I, Thank you. I I don't want you to give up on your dream of becoming a werewolf, though. So. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> 2020 is the year of the werewolf. 
So the most famous vampire is, of course, Bram Stoker's Dracula. And some people say that that character is based on a Romanian prince named Vlad Tepes? Tepes? I don't know. Um, Sure, sure, sure. Who lived from 1431 to 1476. And there's no evidence to prove that that is who Dracula is based on. But it's interesting because when Vlad was born, his father was the military governor of Transylvania. And Vlad had become the prince in 1456. And in a very short reign in which he was estimated to have killed 100,000 people. And he earned the nickname... Vlad the Impaler, because... That is a lot of people. He he enjoyed impaling his victims on a sharp pole, and he often ate meals on the field where his victims were suspended on a pole. What the fuck, I mean, how could you eat out there? Go go sit at a table like a... Like (laughs) you have some manners. Or maybe don't impale people. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's the thing we should be concerned with, not where he's eating dinner. <laughs> maybe don't kill 100,000 people and put them on poles. Oh, but did you put your napkin in your lap? That's what we really want to know. Did you use your salad fork correctly? So the vampires that most people are familiar with, like Dracula, are revenants. Um, and those are human corpses that are said to return from the grave to harm the living These vampires have Slavic origins that are only a few hundred years old. But like I said before, with that demon, Babylonian demon thing, there are other older versions of the vampire that were not thought to be human at all. So these were supernatural um, and demonic entities. And some say the vampire was actually born out of sorcery in ancient Egypt. This, unlike the, what did I say? Edamame? Edamame? Yeah. Edema? The ekimu, ekimu, it sounds like an animal. Ekimu, aw, what a cute little uh, demon that's been buried the wrong way. You're just so cute. So unlike that, this was using sorcery, and it was summoned into this world from another world. That was the Egyptian version. Okay. There are also Asian vampires, such as the Chinese Changshi. They are evil spirits who attack people and drain their life energy. And then there's also the blood-drinking, wrathful deities that appear in the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Mm, this is mm-hmm. all sounding so pleasant. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't like it. I don't want to meet any of those creatures ever. No, nope, I'm good. Now, the unifying characteristic of the vampires, of course, they drink blood to survive. And other characteristics can vary. So some can turn into bats, some can walk in the day, some can't, some are repelled by holy water. Um, some people say they don't cast a reflection in a mirror. And other right, right, right. Other legends say they have powers like telepathy, mind control, and shape-shifting. I know I said I wanted to be a werewolf, and I won't give up on that dream. But if there is a way to be a vampire, I'm trying to shape-shift. And I don't know if I want to have telepathy, though. I'm not trying to read anybody's thoughts. I don't want to know what they're thinking about me or whatever weird things going on in their head. Well, I have good news for you then, because I'm about to tell you first how you can find a vampire and then how you can become a vampire. Yay! So if you want to become a vampire, first of all, um, here's just, this is a weird legend and it is something you, Sarah, can do uh, until August of this year. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. 
According to one Romanian legend, you'll need a seven-year-old boy and a white horse. <gasps> oh, no. I do not like where this is going. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not that bad. It, leave okay, him alone. Okay, okay. He'll really enjoy this. Okay. The boy should be dressed in white, placed upon the horse, and the pair set loose in a graveyard at midday. You watch the horse wander around, and whichever grave is nearest the horse when it finally stops is the vampire's grave. So, Levon gets to ride a horse in a graveyard, and you get to find a vampire. Okay. It's a nice family outing. I don't know if I want to put my... Yeah, that sounds like a great family outing. Put your child on a white horse, send him into a graveyard. <sighs> okay, that went in a different direction. I thought that was going to be more disturbing than it was. No, no, it's just kind of weird, but... Then you would know which grave belongs to the vampire. All right. Okay. Let me make a quick note in my phone. Find <laughs> a white horse. Find a white so, horse. Okay. Got it. I mean, it doesn't say that it has to be a real white horse. Like, maybe you could make one out of a broomstick and a horse, like, one of those masks. Oh, you know what? My aunt did give Levon a white horse, like a big white horse. Are you kidding? <laughs> Do it! Oh my god, please do it! Oh my god, please take your seven-year-old to a graveyard and put him on a fake toy horse. No one will call the police. Yeah. All right, hold on. (laughs) Look, uh, my son is really a demon because we talked about him and he appeared. We summoned him. That is creepy. We summoned him. Ah! What are you doing? You think this is going to be the, our funniest episode? Mm-hmm. Thanks. That's nice of you to say. Yeah. Okay, have fun. Hashtag mom is an alien. <laughs> Love you. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs> that was pretty good. Between between dogs barking and my family members, I don't know how we ever get one single episode <laughs> recorded. No, we're we're amazing. That's how. Okay, so God, we're so good. Here is the much-awaited instruction manual to how to become a vampire okay i'm ready i've got my white horse and my seven-year-old let's go okay so in most modern stories the classic way to become a vampire is to be bitten by one and that's a relatively new twist though so there are some older legends that say that potential revenants can be identified at birth so you could be born a vampire usually now this makes me this just gives me chills a child is considered a vampire or a revenant when they are born with teeth. Ew. Uh, picture, picture it in your mind, and a newborn coming out and just smiling at you with a full set of teeth. Uh-uh. No, no thanks. <laughs> no, okay. No, no, so no, no. That's one um, thing. Because I've been through that. I've, a human has come out of my body, and if he just looked up at me and smiled and had a full set of teeth, I think I would have said, okay. Take him away now. (laughs) Bye. So similar legends say that children born with an extra nipple or lack of cartilage in the nose or... Oh. This one's my favorite. A red call or amniotic membrane covering its head. And they were thought to be destined to return from the dead. What? Are you serious? Yeah. No cartilage in their nose or a third nipple? Yeah. I mean, those (laughs) are just... That's so weird. Like, what does that have to do with anything? I don't, they don't seem very related, but. No. Um, so in folklore, 
The vampire's first victim would often be his wife, of course, because why? Why not? It's always the husband, right? (laughs) It's always the husband. This is why in some cultures, when a husband died, the wife would change her appearance. So she might cut her hair and she would wear black for the entire period of mourning, which maybe that's, I mean, it's kind of normal, but maybe that was their reason for doing it in some places. These things were done with the intention of deceiving the vampire in case he returned. And then, according to some legends, a vampire may try to engage in sex with his former wife, which would often lead to pregnancy. Now, here's a wild thing. This belief may may have provided a convenient explanation as to why a widow, who was supposed to be celibate, became pregnant. The resulting <laughs> child was called a glog, a gloglave, or a okay. glog, in Bulgarian, or vampirzi vamp, in Turkish. I do not speak either of those languages, I'm sorry. Um, but rather than being ostracized, <laughs> the child was considered a hero who had the power to slay vampires. Oh, okay. So if <laughs> your daddy came back from the dead and knocked your mom up, then you are a vampire-slaying hero. Yes. Isn't that rad? Okay. Would you, do you want to be that or an actual vampire? Because they both sound cool. I want to be a vampire still. Okay. I'll be a vampire slayer and will become the most unlikely of friends. Oh, That'd be great TV. Okay. Here are some other ways you can become a vampire. Okay. Now you're going to love this. Oh, maybe I should save this one for last. I'm going to save one for this one for last, even though it's the first thing on my list because it's going to be your favorite one. Okay. If you practiced sorcery. If you were an illegitimate child of parents who were illegitimate. If you died before you could be baptized. Um, anyone who has eaten the, sh- the flesh of a sheep killed by a wolf. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, if you were the child of a pregnant woman who was looked upon by a vampire. All they had to do is look at you. Just look at you. You could become a vampire if you were a nun who stepped over an unburied body. Oh, my goodness. If you... Here's, I said, here's how you'll become a vampire. If you had a cat jump on their corpse before being buried. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, what, that's definitely my fate. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to have to become a nun real quick so, and then step over a body. But that sounds more likely is that a cat's gonna stand on my dead body (laughs) (laughs) um if a bat flies over your corpse if you're excommunicated by the orthodox church and this one's cool if you were the seventh son of a seventh son which is something from the book wicked that i just read the one of the characters is the seventh son of a seventh son so i guess he's a vampire and then if your dead body is reflected in a mirror, um, one of his just redheads, just redheads can become vampires. So redheads um, shouldn't be around mirrors when they die. No, that's double. That's like super risky then. Um, if you're improperly buried, if you renounce the Eastern Orthodox religion, and finally, if you were once a werewolf. <gasps> it's all connected, man! I gotta become a werewolf and then become a nun and then step over a dead body or join the Orthodox Church and get excommunicated. <laughs> I could do there's some I could do these. These are doable. Yeah, these are really easy, actually. There's so many ways. Yeah, I think I could get excommunicated. So if you need to know how to deal with a vampire, if they're if you're if 
the vampire you meet isn't your best friend and you form an unlikely friendship, um, you can... <laughs> of course, the best way is to prevent them from coming back from the dead in the first place. So... A few centuries ago in Europe, this was often accomplished by staking suspected vampires in their graves in order to physically pin the vampire to the earth. So, oh God, they're just that is dark. Stake your dead body. Lovely. Um, other traditional methods of killing vampires include decapitation. Oh God, this made me want to throw up. Decapitation and stuffing oh, no. the severed head's mouth with garlic or a brick. Oh, my God. That's so Ugh. nasty. Yeah. Ugh. I think I've seen a picture of some remains they found where there was a brick inside of the mouth of the body. Yeah. I So I wrote about that. That was in 2009. It was, um, okay. they found a 16th century female skull with a rock wedged in its mouth. And yeah. it was found near the remains of some plague victims. Oh, interesting. Yeah. God, it's, I'm so glad to be born in this time. Yeah, it's it's a little bit better than that. Have said just sounds awful. This uh, this uh, research that I found said female vampires were often blamed for spreading the bubonic plague throughout Europe. Of course, it was female vampires. Oh my god! Can we just always we just get blamed for everything? I know. What the hell? Okay. Jesus. Here is a list of ways to destroy a vampire. Other than what I already said, burn it. Bury the corpse face down so that it will dig the wrong way and become lost in the earth. That I ah! can't get that image out of my head ever again. Um, Just a bunch of vampires burrowing tunnels under your feet. Uh, um, ah! Drive a wooden stake through its heart. Pile stones on the grave. Put poppy seeds or wild roses on the grave. Boil the head in vinegar. Okay. Oh, God. No. Um, place a coin in the mouth and decapitate with an axe. Put a lemon okay. in the mouth. Bury it at a crossroads. Remove the heart and cut it in two. Okay, gross. Uh, uh-uh. Put garlic in the <laughs> mouth and drive a nail through the temple. Cut off okay. the toes and drive a nail what? through the neck. Or pour boiling oil on the body and drive a nail through the navel. What in the world? These are all over the place. It just Can you... sounds like you either got to pickle someone's head or do carpentry on them. God, why is it so much corpse mutilation? <laughs> I don't know. You're going to get you're going to get jail time for doing any of that. Y'all don't do it. Okay. Please so... don't. What a terrible, terrible time to be alive. No. Oh god. Instead of doing or all dead. that nasty shit, you can simply protect yourself from vampires. So I'm going to tell you a little more chill way of <laughs> keeping a vampire away from you. Thank you. You can Thanks. carry a small bag of salt with you. If you're being chased, you only need to spill the salt on the ground behind you, at which point the vampire is obligated to stop and count each and every grain of, of salt before continuing the chase. Oh, wait. Didn't we talk about that? Yeah, it was that little... Um, what was that? Like monkey demon thing. Oh, the counting holes in the colander. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Little okay. parallels sure, why not? here. So, if you don't have salt handy, some even say that any small granules will do, including bird seed or sand. So, anything they can, any little thing they have to count, I guess. But salt okay. um, was often placed above and around doorways for that same reason. Oh, my God. This is so nasty. Here's another nasty one, y'all. To prevent an attack, 
a person should make bread with the blood of the vampire and eat it. Oh, delish. Mm-hmm. I'm getting so many good recipes from this episode. Pickled corpse heads <laughs> and blood loafs. Blood loaf and pickled whatever. corpse head. <laughs> That's so- what we eat down here in the South. You know, we're always eating them weird things. <laughs> Just pickle it. Pickle it. Put some blood in it. And a side of possum. Mmm. Oh, I'm going to be sick. Okay, so if someone was bitten by a suspected vampire, he or she should drink the ashes of a burned vampire. First of all, what do you do? Like mix it up like a like one of those powdered lemonades or what? Yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's what you drink with the pickled head and the and the blood loaf. Oh. Jeez, I'm gonna I be. Just, I'm gonna throw up. I would rather just be bitten by a vampire. I can't do any of that. Yeah, that's yep. so gross. Nope. Maybe I'll carry some salt around and see if that works. That's all. Okay. Here are some <laughs> other things that repel vampires: churches, crucifixes, Eucharist water, um, holy water, thresholds. Unless, of course, they're invited in. Don't invite them in, y'all. Um, mirrors, nope. sunlight, fire, garlic hawthorn branches rowan trees scattering of seeds fire iron bells a rooster's crow peppermint and running water okay yet again all over the place none of this is too i can't absorb all this information you're gonna have to um send me a powerpoint okay on this so i can refer to it as needed there's a lot of things that repel vampires it's the good news And then I'll just tell you a little bit about the most popular thing that repels them. Garlic, it's a traditional vampire repellent that has been used um, as a form of protection for over 2,000 years. The ancient Egyptians believed garlic was a gift from God, and Roman soldiers thought it gave them courage. Sailors believed it protected them from shipwreck, and German miners believed it protected them from evil spirits when they went underground. Um, Several cultures had brides carrying garlic under their clothes for protection and cloves of garlic were used to protect people from a wide range of illnesses and now modern day scientists have found that the oil in garlic called allicin like a lady's name but it's (laughs) it's spelled a-l-l-i-c-i-n is a highly effective antibiotic and so, like nice. I said earlier, the very last thing you can do is just not invite them in. Um, vampires are said to not be able to enter a home unless they're formally invited in. So, no. Good day, sir. Please come in my house. There is no garlic here. I, I, I agree with uh, the, that, a, that garlic is a gift from God. I'm down with that. What about the rest of it? Is any of that real? It's real gross and real scary. But no. Nope. No. It's real nasty. Hard no. It's real nasty. And that's about it. Garlic is a gift from God, and everything else you said is gross. (laughs) Um, It's not going to get any better uh, when I start talking, because mine's pretty gross, too. (laughs) Oh, Lord of mercy. Okay. It might help you feel less scared, but it's going to make you feel more nauseous. So just get ready. Well... I don't want to be freaked out about vampires anymore, so go ahead and lay it on me. All right. I will cite my sources. How Vampires Work by Tom Harris. Scientific Origins of Vampirism on iflscience.com. A Natural History of Vampires by Eric Michael Johnson. 
Interview with a Real Life Vampire, Why Drinking Blood Isn't Like in Hollywood, by Kim Wall. Inside the Human Blood Drinking Real Vampire Community of New Orleans, by Yanan Wang. So, okay. obviously from that title, I am going to tell you about quote-unquote real vampires. So, sorry. Pre-apology. But it's okay. I'll reassure you also. I have entitled this for some reason, but why though? So I'll tell you why. There are several diseases that are thought to be the origins of vampire myth because obviously from your whole spiel, they didn't really understand what the hell was going on (laughs) with the human body. So these things, these diseases would have looked like something supernatural. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I'll start with, yes, catalepsy. A cataleptic cat shooty poot. I can't talk. A cataleptic episode um, involves your muscles becoming super rigid, so your body is really stiff, and your heart rate and breathing slow down, which can last many hours, even days. So you look dead. Oh my god! And if it was days long, that would allow enough time for a burial. Oh my god! No. And since embalming is a relatively recent, and I've written here, and weird, if you ask me, development, um, a body would have been put just right into the ground as it was. So when the person came to, they could just dig themselves out and go home. Oh, my God. Don't worry about it. Just dig yourself out and go home. That's all you got to do. Just wake up and dig. So that's creepy, but could be a reason why people were thought to come back from the dead. Now, rabies. Mm. Rabies is a big one that has lots of uh, connections to vampirism. So there was a study published in the journal Neurology by Juan Gomez Alonso that argues that many of the primary attributes of vampires show remarkable similarities to the physical symptoms associated with rabies. Mm. So when you get rabies, you usually die of suffocation or cardiorespiratory arrest. So after you're dead, your blood is less likely to coagulate and hemorrhage is common. And so you would decompose even slower than Hmm. usual. So were they to look at your body, you know, in several days or however long, you wouldn't look like you'd been dead for very long. There is also an aversion to garlic and mirrors because people become hypersensitive to to stimulation when they contract rabies. Um, and they react to stimuli such as water, light, out, um, odors, or mirrors uh, with spasms of the facial and vocal muscles that cause hoarse sounds, bared teeth, and frothing at the mouth of bloody fluid. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't imagine. This is No, awful. rabies is horrifying. Rabies is scarier to me than vampires, honestly. Um, so p- also nightmares, or excuse me, not nightmares, nighttime searches for conquests, we're calling it. So when you have rabies, you develop insomnia and apparently the tendency to wander. And you also become hypersexual because it affects your limbic system, which regulates your emotion and behavior, which would... For some reason, vampires are always portrayed, at least in modern times, as being super sexual. Yeah. So, also, you, you know, your bit had the 
husband coming home and making a hero baby with his wife. Oh God. Oh. Okay. Now I'm going to be terrified that I'm going to get rabies. Okay. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> At least there's something you could actually do about, you know, not getting rabies, hopefully, as opposed to becoming a vampire. All right. So the method of transmission is identical because rabies oh, infections are caused by bites or blood to blood contact. And rural vi- villagers, which would have been the people in your in your uh, stories, have historically had much greater interaction with wolves, and wolves were a significant threat to them and their livestock. So in early Slavic accounts, there was no distinct distinctwin. What? <laughs> what was That's that? Not a word. Distinct one. There's no distinct one between. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! You said that while I was smoking, and it made me really hurt myself. Oh, I think I have rabies. Oh God! I've done it. I've really done it this time. <laughs> All right. In early Slavic accounts, there was no distinction between vampires and what we would now call werewolves. In some versions, a vampire was simply what a werewolf became after they died, like you said. Oh, yeah. In my notes too. And during that period, uh, when dramatic tales of vampires were first emerging from Eastern Europe, there was a major epidemic of rabies in dogs, wolves, and other wild animals between the years of 1721 and 1728. Here is a quote from a physician in 1733 who argued that vampirism is, quote, a contagious illness more or less of the same nature as that which comes from the bite of a rabid dog. Hmm. So they were already making that connection in that time. Yeah. Whoa. So there, and there have also been lots of documented cases of rabies infection from bats in Europe and the United States. And as you know, in vampire lore, they can also, they can shapeshift and take the form of a bat. Right. And those, that idea goes back thousands of years also. Oh, here's just a quick FYI. You can also get rabies. I'm so sorry. I'm going to say this to you by drinking unpasteurized milk. Or eating undercooked meat from a rabid cow, or oh through oral exposure to their blood or saliva during preparation. Preparation. Oh, well, barf, I I've written here just barf. Be having any of that anyway, so I'm safe there. That's true, but you could be orally ex- exposed to their blood or saliva. So don't make out with a rabid cow. Is what, a, I'm what? a rabid saying. cow? I'm picturing a rabid cow right now, and it is <laughs> real unpleasant. <laughs> That's the second creepy cow. We've talked about (laughs) fucking creepy cows. Okay. Here's another disease called porphyria. P-O-R-P-H-Y-R-I-A. If you want to look it up. It's a rare disease characterized by irregularities in production of heme, which is the iron-rich pigment in our blood. If you have this disease, you are highly sensitive to sunlight. You experience severe abdominal pain and also may suffer acute delirium. This is all scarier to me than vampires. Um, Some sufferers have reddish mouths and teeth due to the uh, irregular production of heme. One possible treatment for porphyria in the past may have been to drink blood to correct the imbalance in the body. 
No. And it is hereditary. I know. Ew, I know. What if someone told you that? What if right now you were like, I don't feel right. And you went to the doctor and they were like, listen, you got to drink some human blood. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I feel so. I'm going to have to like lay down for a while after this. <laughs> I'm feeling super grossed out. Okay. It's also hereditary this disease so that means there would be a concentration of sufferers in certain areas which would explain how why like some people have some some places would have more stories than others pellegra which sounds like a medication try pellegra feeling feel some rabies coming on <laughs> try Sorry. pellegra and then, and then drink some blood so in the 1500s corn was a staple crop of peasants and if you only had corn to eat every day, you could develop a niacin deficiency, also known as pellagra, which causes extreme sensitivity to sunlight, aggression, and dementia. If exposed to the sun, a pellagra sufferer's skin turns scaly and looks as if they are burnt. Oh my god. They also suffer from insomnia, which would explain why they appear active at night. And also, your stomach bleeds, so you can't eat normal food. Mm, that sounds so awful. All of these sound so bad. So, if someone out there just is really into corn, please at least eat other stuff. So, sorry for all that gross disease talk. I'm gonna now. I'm gonna talk some more gross stuff about corpses. Yay! Oh boy, God! I have entitled this section "Corpses Doing What They Do." <laughs> Doing what they do, you know. Those crazy corpses. <laughs> oh, okay. So have you ever heard that um, your fingernails and hair grow for a while after you're dead? Uh-huh. Okay, so that's not true. It's actually because the skin around your hair and fingernails recedes, so it looks like they've gotten longer. Okay. Which is also gross. Everything about this is gross. I'm so sorry. So that would appear that they're still alive because... Their armpit hair is still growing. Okay. Um, also, gases in a body expand, extending the abdomen as if the body had gorged itself. And if you were to stake a decomposing corpse, it could very well rupture, draining all sorts of fluids. Why? Why would you? Why? <laughs> oh. I don't know. I don't know. So okay. I'm, I'm just like making everything you said sound even worse because it's just like some poor people suffering from diseases. And now I'm picturing what happened every time someone was staked after death. Oh, God. Oh, OK. It's just going to get worse. Putrefication begins at about 50 degrees Fahrenheit and occurs most rapidly at temperatures ranging between 70 and 100. However, temperatures below the ground, just a few feet below the ground, are usually much lower, which would cause decomposition to occur eight times more slowly than on the surface. So after they dug them up, they would potentially not be as decomposed as they should be. So don't dig anybody up. There you go. Stop it now. Stop it. (laughs) Put the shovel down. (sighs) Okay. The bacteria that causes decomposition feed on the protein-rich content of the blood So if there was a significant hemorrhage, such would occur in a violent death, like, I don't know, being staked or decapitated, the process would be significantly slower. If you put the face corpse down like you talked about, 
the lungs become loaded with dark red sanguineous fluid and your brain liquefies. So if you were face down, all that stuff would just pour out of your okay, face. That's the one that's going to make me barf. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so then that would look like they had just feasted on someone. Okay, I'm sorry. This is going to be the last gross thing about dead bodies. Okay. The eruption of sanguineous fluid when a stake is hammered into the lungs could cause sounds from a low groan to a high-pitched scream as gases are forced outwards. Nope, nope. That is the creepiest thing that we've said all day. so (laughs) creepy. Yeah, so let's just give everyone a moment to think about that. Mm -hmm. Sorry, sorry, sorry. All right, there are, however, people in our times, modern day times, who call themselves vampires. Do they have rabies? They do not. Oh. I don't, uh, they're still alive and they're not frothing at the mouth. So I okay. think they're good. Okay. So these quote unquote real vampires um, can sometimes be individuals who claim to have a medical condition that requires them to drink blood, human or animal, in order to sustain themselves. This is called hematomania. And it's the craving to drink blood. Mm-hmm. It's described by sufferers as an intense, intense thirst-like sensation. An addiction with withdrawal-like syndromes. So there are several groups of these vampires. One uh, is in Atlanta. It's called the Atlanta Vampire Alliance. They have done surveys and have found that there are at least 5,000 people in the United States who identify as real vampires. There are generally two kinds of vampires, right? The blood ones, which are called sanguinarians. And psychic vampires who drain people of their energy or life force. I've met some of those. (laughs) They do this through meditation and concentration. And if these people do not feed, they say they will become weak as if they have not eaten. Oh, wow. I feel like we've all met someone who feels like a psychic vampire somewhere in our lives. But you're saying they do it on purpose, like they go meditate on it. Yeah, these people are sucking your life force with a purpose. So if, if they are the sanguinarian variety, these modern vampires get their sustenance. They don't bite people. They make inch-long incisions with sterilized scalpels on a fleshy part of your body that doesn't scar. And they may suck it directly from the source where um, there are medically trained personnel performing the procedure. There's paperwork too, guys. So they're not just going to attack you. They have to give donors don't just have to give consent. They also have to provide health certificates proving the absence of bloodborne diseases and sign, I guess they sign something. I don't know. I don't know why you would want to do that, but okay. So it's like giving blood, but for a weirder Mm -hmm. reason. It's like giving blood for a much weirder reason. But even though there's all this uh, red tape and formality, it's also seen as a sensual and sacred ritual. With paperwork. Uh, they're all so much sexy, sexy paperwork. Let's see, I've got some quotes here from one of the real vampires that was interviewed. They do not, real vampires do not care for pop culture buzz and don't look like the stereotypes. Only some 35% of real vampires are into goth. So, <laughs> okay. Some Real vampires even sneer at the quote-unquote lifestylers, also known as fashion vampires and posers. <laughs> fashion vampires. 
That's the ones that like suck away your fashion sense. Yeah. They suck away all your best pieces of clothing. All right. So here's some quotes from Murdicus, the 37-year-old founding member of Atlanta's Vampire Alliance. He has identified as a real vampire since 1997 and has personally worked with academics, social scientists, psychologists, lawyers, law enforcement agencies, and others on how best to approach, research, and understand the vampire subculture. We do not identify with fictional characters, supernatural powers, or immortality, nor do we have any difficulty distinguishing between fantasy and reality. Are you sure about Mm. that? Uh-huh. Who is this person? I wonder if they have an Instagram. Um, I don't know. Why don't you look up Murticus? Okay, do real fast. Right M-E-R-T-I-C-U-S. Murticus also says, We are often among the more intelligent, influential, and creative of the general population. There's someone called Mert Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's him. Um, I don't think that there's... Darn. No, no, no Instagram account for this vampire. So, sorry. Anyways, I'm sorry. Please go well, ahead. Well, like I said, they they are often among the more intelligent, influential, and creative of the, of the general population. So, he's probably above it, social oh, media. Yeah. He, yeah, there's no way he would stoop that low. Mm-hmm. Okay, he says, Granted, we may be more alluringly interesting or dimensionally complex than your typical cubicle co-worker or next-door neighbor, but we're just trying to get by in this life like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think you've, you've, you've built yourself up quite a bit there, bud. Mm-hmm. Alluringly interesting or dimensionally complex than your average cubicle co-worker cubicle co-worker i think you need to tone it down a bit there with your condescension anyway oh i feel like vampires would be condescending they do seem rather haughty don't they all right here's one more quote from murdicus we are not a cult a religion a dangerous practice a paraphilia an offshoot of the bdsm community or a community of disillusioned teenagers and we're definitely not what's depicted in fictional books, movies, or television. We get it, Murticus. You're really smart and cool. <laughs> and you're different. You're not like the other vampires. You're deep and complex. We get it. All right, I have one more little section, which I've entitled Psychological and Societal Causes. Your brain is wild, and we live in a society. So because we've talked about this before, we don't really like talk about death in a normal healthy way right at least in america and it's very mysterious nobody knows what happens after you die and so people are super preoccupied with it so one way to get a handle on death is to personify it to give it a tangible form so early vampires are explanations for a terrifying mystery the sudden death of young children and fetuses um they're the ultimate symbols of death they are the actual remains of the deceased so um also there's the dark side of humanity just like why why are we so fucking fucked up what why do we do these terrible things good question so early vampire demonesses like lilith or lamastu which we could probably do whole episodes about very interesting lilith um they are the opposite of what a good wife and mother should be so instead of caring for children honoring your husband you just they're killing babies and seducing men um, vampires feed on their family, which is the opposite of supportive. <laughs> yes, it's quite the opposite. Yes. And by defining evil through supernatural figures, 
people can get a better handle on their own evil tendencies by externalizing them. True, true. That's the thing. Something we just love to do. Um, so, yeah. Sorry. And how do you feel? Is any of that real? Um, so I, I like the idea of vampires actually being rabies. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, I don't know what to make of the real life vampires. They, I, they have a. I don't know. It's interesting. I would like to know more about that condition that makes you want to drink blood. Like, is it a deficiency or? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I could have done a whole. Um, I, I had more research, uh, like I do every time, that I had to cut because it was too much about real life vampires. So it's wild. But Google it. If you want to know more, there's articles and articles. Just Google it, y'all. Google real life vampires. So many rabbit holes. And then then at the end, I was just thinking, like, oh, that's so sweet. You have to go home and feed your family. No, no, no. I said I have to go feed on my family. (laughs) No, you you misheard me. I'm not going to feed my children. I'm going to feed on them. For some reason, Jay, Jay and I were talking about Lilith the other day, and he looked it up and read me a part of a web page and it sounded so interesting and I was like we're gonna have to do an episode about that well there you so, go there we go we can add that to we the definitely list. do and um I can talk about how I went to the Lilith fair yeah that'll be <laughs> a fun well, I don't trip know down memory lane <laughs> yes I'll just sing you a bunch of Natalie Merchant and um who else was there Queen Latifah was there actually oh cool Bonnie Raitt it was, it was like quite it was a pretty selection. epic that's awesome well, is there anything you want to ask the Magic 8-Ball? Magic 8-Ball. I don't know. You you come up with a question. Okay. I did it last time. I think turn. I had one, too. I thought of one. Um, oh, Magic 8-Ball. Are there ever any babies who are born with a full set of teeth? Ugh. ugh. I no. got chills when you said that. The I answer is no, oh, so don't worry. God. We're fine. Oh, thank, thank Magic 8-Ball. Seriously, I'm going to need to eat some Tums or something. I'm <laughs> nauseous after this one. I wish I could share my CBD with you of my left-handed flower, my left-handed flower pipe. Okay, so y'all, if you have any stories you want to share with us, if you are a vampire, if you've ever um, <laughs> mutilated a corpse, you know. Oh, no, don't tell us because then we'll, I don't want to know. Please, I've had enough corpse mutilation. Send us nice stories. <laughs> Did you ever meet a really cool vampire that was just like chill, laid back? <laughs> I want to hear that story. Email us at none of this is real podcast at gmail.com and please slide into our DMs if you like on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Yes, yeah, send us a clip of your voice telling us what's real to you or whatever you want to say. We'll play it at the end of an episode. We surely will. And go shop our merch. It's on Redbubble. Just type in none of this is real um, podcast or none of this is real or N O T I R podcast is our username or page name on there it's easy to find us yeah it is easy to find us and it's easy to order all kinds of bizarre random shit on there i i love the human condition design it's my fave but i don't know i'm torn between that and the turkey buzzards that you drew sarah drew these two turkey buzzards and it's pretty epic y'all go look at it (laughs) yeah i'll post some more pictures on the instagram and by this time this comes out there'll be even more designs for you to check out Oh my god, the Carl Sagan. Will the Carl Sagan be out? Because I'm looking forward to that. Oh yeah. That'll be out. That'll be out. I'm doing that this week. So Y'all, I'm not even gonna ruin it for you. Just you'll have to see. Um, what else? P- 
Patreon. We have a Patreon. You can give us some money if you'd like to support the podcast. You know, just throw us a little change. And if enough people do it, we won't ever have to do commercials. And we can do more content. We can take road trips. And I'll force Domini to camp in terrifying places. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Maybe there will be a vampire with rabies. (laughs) (laughs) Woo, yay. We're going to be vampires and werewolves. Until that happens, I I did just want to remind everybody real quick that you don't have to believe in any of this. No, please. This one was really bad. Don't believe any of it. It's really nasty. To believe... Oh, God, I'm so nauseous. Oh, okay. Take a deep breath and believe on yourself. Believe all over yourself. Like a like a sanguinous fluid erupting from a decomposing mm-hmm. corpse. No, nope. oh, goodbye. Oh, God. <laughs>